Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what's happening up in the stars above for today, Monday, Mar or May, oh my gosh, 16th, the actual day after or the hours after the full moon lunar eclipse of yesterday. I was not able to see it. Daggone it. Here, it was so cloudy and rainy, there's just no way. But my daughter, Heather, who is now down in San Diego for uh, getting ready to board a ship for a cruise, um, got to see it. So she sent me pictures. I'm not sure if it was from her phone or her husband's phone, Chris. But either way, we got some really cool pictures of the full moon and, of course, the, the lunar eclipse. Now, for some of you, I saw pictures on... Uh, uh the where was i it was some maybe well i think i did a google search for good eclipse pictures and in the boston globe they had these beautiful pictures i'm like ah i never get to see them but i see the pictures i know it was happening i hope all of you got to see it in some way shape or form uh debbie saying it was cloudy there good morning erica and uh yeah clouds. It was just not a day to go viewing an eclipse, at least up here in the Northwest, but that doesn't diminish its power or its presence in our, our lives. It just, it's nice sometimes to be able to visualize something that's going on, right? To be able to see, uh, but it wasn't to be up here anyway. Uh, good morning to you, Marianne. Uh, cloudy, but got a glimpse of the beginning of it. That's awesome. So anyway, we know what was happening, and I gotta say, yesterday, uh, let's see, for us here in the Pacific Northwest or on the west coast of the USA, it was happening at 9.15 that night or 9.14 last night, and yet during the whole of the day, there was this emotional um, buildup I was feeling, and I felt it right from the beginning of the day. And I had a, a bridal shower to go to, and it was a bridal shower for my son who passed away's stepdaughter. And she she's getting married in August, and so she had her bridal shower. And the whole time, I was so emotional. I don't know how I bit back tears through the whole of the day. And then this morning when I, and, and even into last night, like last night, I was feeling emotional, not emotional, so much sad, but I got really upset when I got home. It was pouring down rain and I get all my stuff together, put my raincoat over my head, get into the house. And then I can't find my phone. I'm like it all over for my phone. My husband looks on his phone to see if he can see where mine is. He goes, it's here in the house with you. It's moving around with you. <laughs> I'm like, it can't be moving around with me because it's not on me. It's not, I don't have it on me. I dumped out my purse. I dumped out everything I had. I couldn't find my phone. And then as you know, we kept looking at it, it looked like it was in my car. So I go back out in the pouring rain to my car, get in my car. I still can't find it. And I, it was funny because just before that, on the way home from the bridal shower, I stopped at the grocery store and I couldn't find my debit card. Like, oh my God, two things you can't live without, right? Your debit card and your phone. And I can't find either of them. Luckily, my phone was in my car. It was just dug underneath the passenger seat of the car. No one was in the passenger seat at all. Not sure how it got there. And my debit card was just in the console of the car. Why I put it there, I don't know. But yesterday, <laughs> so yesterday it was from sad to mad to relief 
And, and then I was just like, oh, tired, right? So there was a lot going on. And by the time uh, I got the pictures of the eclipse, I was like, oh, so much calmer, right? So much calmer, right? As that eclipse was happening, almost like there was the buildup and then the crescendo and then the whew, relief, right? And today I'm left feeling much more optimistic and I'm hoping all of you are feeling that as well. Uh, so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the uh, the moon, of course. We can't not talk about the moon and what she is doing post-eclipse, right? So we're done with the eclipse season until we get into November, December and uh, November. And uh, at this point, then we've got about six months period of time before we have to even think about eclipses again, except that the eclipse is the gift that keeps on giving, right? It doesn't like go away. It keeps kind of affecting our chart, impacting our lives kind of from behind the scenes for a while. Now, as we go into this week, as we move into this morning, this, today, the, the moon has already moved into Sagittarius. So we've left that Scorpio moon behind. We've left the eclipse season behind. We've gotten through both of them, the lunar and the solar eclipse, solar and lunar in that order. And now what do we do, right? What comes next? You know, we've experienced all of this buildup. We've experienced this high functional energy around getting in alignment with our desires, using our passion to discover or unbury our life purpose, or um, to live out the highest of whatever it is we came here to offer, living out our genius, right? Our brilliance, living out our, and every one of you is a genius, right? Every person on the planet is a genius. Even if you, if you discount genius as, a, as only a mental or intellectual function, then everybody has genius because we're all here with a specific set of gifts, things that we can do better than no other, and that is what it is that we're here to share with the world, right? It's so simple. And if you term it like that, what can you do better than anybody else? Or what is it that you truly love to do that you could do all day long if no one was to bother you and tell you, oh, wait, I'm hungry. I need food or, you know, those kinds of things. That is how you know what your passion is or what you're really um, passionate about. So today, as the moon has moved into Sagittarius, we're called to make sense of life on this planet and what it is that we're here to do with the things that we've discovered through this eclipse season, which, by the way, began back with the new moon on April 30th. So we have had April 30th's new moon and then May 16th, 15th, 16th full moon, both of them eclipses. And now we are in a closeout of the phase of the moon that began April 30th. So this week we have the moon moving through Sagittarius, Capricorn, Aquarius. And then on Sunday, uh, we have the moon in Pisces. So we have a busy moon moving fairly quickly through this particular uh, set of signs. And as we're called to make some sense of what it is that we're here to do, let's take a look at, well, what does Sagittarius present us with in terms of the moon? So the light, if you will, of Sagittarius, the high frequency of Sagittarian energy is totally optimism, right? Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, the planet of growth, expansion, luck, fortune, optimism, and as such, then Sagittarius, a fire sign, is touched with that optimism, 
with that luck, with that fortune, with that idea of growth and expansion. And Sagittarius is mutable fire. So we have energy of fire that changes, that morphs, that wants to move and readapt to new situations and to explore and to adventure into new territory. So we're left with maybe having come to some decisions or some aha moments about what it is that we need to let go of in order to live our, our, our total passion or maybe we discovered our passions. And now today we have this energy in Sagittarius that's saying, okay, now let's explore what are the options. Let's go adventuring. Let's see what it is that we can do with what we've learned. And there's a sort of philosophical energy that comes to us with Sagittarius. And I love that, that they have this way of being able to tap into, um, you know, changing philosophies, right? That, you know, not getting stuck in uh, belief systems. Now, it's not to say that Sagittarius can't get stuck, right? If you're a Sagittarian or you have Sagittarius planets, you know, there's a possibility you can get stuck. But Sagittarius does give us that energy of fire and fire wants to move, right? It, it is consuming. And as it's consuming, it needs more fuel. And that fuel propels it outward to find more opportunities or to look for, you know, new ideas to express or things like that. So we have this broader vision during this time of the moon in Sagittarius that affects us all, seeing the bigger picture, being able to step back and look back into our lives and, you know, from a higher perspective and see, well, okay, what do we want to do, right? What do we want to, where do we want to go? And then there is the straightforwardness of the moon in Sagittarius. So we have emotions with the moon. We have our inner field of energy with the moon, but then we have this Sagittarius adventurer that is this outer world pushing energy and pushing forward, right? So it's straightforward in terms of what it does, but it's also straightforward in terms of how it communicates. So being a communicative sign, communicating its passion to the world in a straightforward manner. And then this is also a sign that brings up to issues like ethics and morals and honesty and integrity. And I'm frozen. Hello, there I go. Um, so ethics and, and to be able to be in integrity and to be honest. This is a sign that loves honesty, right? That that the truth is what sets this sign free. So we have the moon being truthful about what we're feeling and being truthful about living out the highest and best of ourselves, right? And the, the contribution that we're here to make uh, to the world. And to do that in a generous and supportive way, right? To be able to be supportive, to want to be able to generously give of ourselves to others, but not to give to the exclusion of filling up our own cups, right? Being uh, able to support ourselves and sustain ourselves so that we can generously give of ourselves to the world, right? Uh, so we also have the shadow. There's always the, the shadow side of, uh, of a sign, and that's just the nature of the planet we live on. It's a dual planet. Duality and polarity are all part of the experience here. So when we're looking at the more shadow side of Sagittarius energy or the moon in Sagittarius, we're looking at the potential for dominating energy, fire energy, right? It's consuming energy. 
and its passion and its ignite ignition and it in that ignition it wants to move right it's taking its passion out so it can be dominating energy dominating the conversation dominating the actions and we want to watch for that and because it's fire it also has that level of impulsiveness when we if you think about the the uh symbol for Sagittarius which is the the archer right the the centaur half man half horse with his arrow pointed at the heart of the galactic of universe of our solar system and I just put up pictures uh I think it was on the weekend of uh NASA having gotten some really good pictures of the galactic center of the Milky Way galaxy right we live in the Milky Way galaxy the heart of our galaxy, the heart of our solar system, there's a black hole that we call the galactic center. And the galactic center being the source of a lot of high energy particles that come streaming into the planet and you know, causes change and mutation and for us to leap forward in evolution. So when we look at the Sagittarian archer with his arrow pointed at the galactic center, it's almost like he's pointing us to the truth right? He's pointing us at uh, the, the area that we really need to look at, the heart of the matter. So in, in a fiery sort of way, we have this impulsive energy that, that can be used positively. I say that tongue in cheek a little bit. Positively, if you know what your type and your strategy is in human design, and you're also aware of what's correct for you, taking that arrow and pointing it directly at what direction you need to move in, and then taking a step in that direction, right? You can't just sit on your behind in the same place expecting something different to happen. So we, we, it points to us the action, but sometimes it can be impulsive. And then Sagittarian energy in terms of communication can become very opinionated, right? They can be very blunt, right? Straightforward is awesome. Blunt sometimes is not. So sometimes we have to be able to temper what we want to say or how we say what it is that we're saying. Like I'm not saying there's no way with Sagittarius energy that you can water it down completely, right? It would You can't water it down to the point that it loses its source meaning, but you can temper the bluntness with being straightforward. And of course, this is also a trigger point because we can sometimes want to say whatever it is we want to say without waiting for the invitation from someone else to be able to say it. So we might be speaking to things that are none of our business or that we haven't gotten the permission of the other person to speak to. So we have to watch for that during these next few days. And there's also, if we're honest, straightforward and ethical in the light, then in the shadow, what we are is unethical or dishonest. So we want to watch for that as well. And there is, you know, if we have this energy of straightforward philosopher, uh, or not philosopher, but explorer, well, it is philosopher, but I'm talking about the exploring energy, the adventurer energy, the opposite of that would be procrastinating, right? Sticking around, doing nothing, putting off tomorrow, till tomorrow what you don't want to do today. So we want to watch that. That's more of the shadow energy here. Self-indulgence. Um, remember, it's meant to be generous energy and self-indulgent would be the opposite of that. And instead of seeing the broader picture in the shadow, we lack perspective, right? And we only see what's right in front of us, tunnel vision, right? We got to get the broader vision to be able to see the bigger picture of what's operating in our lives, 
how we've come to be where we are individually, collectively, and what steps can I take to move forward out of this mire, right? Out of this mire. And that is the moon in Sagittarius. Uh, let me take a look at what people are saying over here. Good morning, Kathleen. And Erica says, I can't wait to have our soul purpose session, Janet, because I'd love to see if I've connected last night with what I believe I need to do in this life. Yes, I'm excited. Corey, good morning. Pam Zaruba, good morning. JLo, oh yes, my grandson who is a Sag was all happy and jumping this weekend. Good morning, Suzanne Fulmer and Christine Buckingham. Glad your card and phone were safe and found. It was so funny. It was just so funny. I was soaking wet looking for my silly phone. I'm looking all along the path to my car thinking I dropped it on the way in. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was under the seat of the passenger side of the car. Oh, and then I got my hand stuck. I have a nice little bruise across my hand because I got it stuck underneath the seat, trying to grab the phone. And I, the way I was in my car looking, I was like laying across the driver's seat, looking under the passenger seat. And, you know, the passenger seat has this lift thing that pushes the seat back and forth. Well, I couldn't get my right hand over to push down that lever. So I just thought, well, I'll just slip my hand in, but I got my hand stuck in there and I still couldn't grab the phone. It was just ridiculous. Just like a yeah, it was ridiculous. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, good morning, Gala and Kajella. And JLo says, my friends posted in Telegram some amazing photos and, and video. Love it. I love it. Love it. That is of the eclipse, of course. And uh, everybody else, I think I've got your messages so far. Kathleen, Catherine Worcester, good morning. Requiem for, Requiem for a Tuesday. Hello to you. And maybe you were getting watered from the universe for growth. That's coming. That's funny, JLo. Thank you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a positive spin on what was a terribly frustrating position to be in. And, you know, it's funny. There's this app that we have as a family. I think it's called 360 or something like that. And we can kind of see where everybody is. But if you're on the road and you break down, then you can alert your family through the 360 app. Like if you're broke down in a place where... Uh, you know, you can't, you know, easily use your phone or something that this app will send out a uh, distress signal to your family. And it's also good for losing your phone, right? If you lose your phone, it's going to show you where your phone is. And that was the funny thing. I thought maybe I'd left it at the store, but it wasn't showing up at the store. It wasn't showing up there at all. So I was like, okay, so I know I brought it home. <laughs> I just got to find it. So yeah, got it. Got it. Uh, okay. Kathleen Mallory, funny story. Last night I was looking for my phone and I had it in my hand talking to my sister. <laughs> oh my God. How many, raise your hand if you have done that before. And yeah, I have an iPhone JLo. So yeah, I know it does that too. I also have, you know, my, my uh, A-L-E-X-A because if I say it, she'll start responding to me and she can call it. And so she can call it, but I have, I always keep my phone on vibrate. So Unless I was near enough to it to hear the vibration, it wasn't going to help me any. But anyway, it, it's found. That was a Mercury retrograde moment, I think, more than anything to do with the um, eclipse. Mercury retrograde in Gemini. What's a Gemini's best friend? Cell phone and a debit card. And uh, yeah, that was funny. 
Anyway, all right, let's take a look. There's a few uh, connections that the moon is making to planets this uh, today that I thought would be fun to talk about too. They're pretty much positive ones. There's an opposition today from the moon to Mercury in retrograde. So maybe not so much fun, except that it might be revealing in some way, right? The moon might be able to uh, put in some kind of revelation energy to that Mercury. Remember, Mercury is retrograde right now. And in the sign today, he's still in Gemini at three degrees of Gemini. The moon is right about now at about three degrees of Sagittarius. So maybe revelations coming up. So wherever that axis is in your chart, maybe something that can come to light or perhaps something that, you know, you're you're moving in two different directions, moon emotional pulling you in one way, Mercury mind pulling you in the other. That's what an opposition does. And somehow you have to find the balance. So look at where that is happening in your chart. There's also a trine from the moon to Jupiter today. Remember, Jupiter is newly in the sign of Aries. Aries is fire. It is Martian energy. It is boldly going forward or at least that's its idea, right? It's boldly moving forward. Now in a trine to Jupiter and Jupiter being the ruler of the moon's placement, we have the potential for some positive moves today, even if Mercury is retrograde. So it doesn't mean that you go all out and you start a new project or that you start something, you know, you like start building a business, but why not do the planning things from behind the scenes? right? That's what you can do. You can do behind the scene work. You can do behind the scene contemplation. Uh, all of that kind of stuff is, is possible today with the trine. And then the moon is also sextile, which is a 60 degree relationship between the moon and Pluto in Capricorn. So we have Capricorn, the sign of building and putting, you know, in the steps that it takes to get success or to get to an end result. And the moon in the sign of Sagittarius, uh, which is interesting. They're far enough apart that they're forming a sextile because the moon is almost, so this one is a little off. So it's not quite to where it would be an exact sextile that was likely happening just before it moved into the sign of, of Sagittarius. So we've already cleared that one, but maybe it gave you the idea of what next to do, right? What, what needs to come next in the series of steps that it's going to take to get you where you want to go. And I had just read those backwards, by the way, it would be the sextile to Pluto, then the trine to Jupiter, and then the opposition to Mercury. <laughs> so I would guess that that one happened long about the Pluto one happened long about four something this morning, my time. So seven something for those of you on the East Coast. Uh, now let's take a look at the moon through the uh, lens of human design, because I think that's an interesting conversation as well. So when we look at astro design, remember when I show you the charts, the mandala, the mandala of uh, human design and astrology, we can see how what uh, signs correlate to what gates, right? And if you know where the gates are, then you also know what centers are being um, uh, sort of affected by the transit of the moon through whatever gate or any planet through any gate. So today, the gates that the moon is moving through are on the sacral. So the sacral is the center for doing and being. It is the center that makes a generator when it's when it's defined, if it's red in your human design chart, it makes you a generator or a manifesting generator. 
And this is motor energy. This is a, a motor that keeps humming and going, right? It's, a, it's always turned on. It is the center for, for doing, but also being, but it responds to what is showing up in the outer world. So it's not from the mind into the doing, it's from what's in my outer world that is showing up that I can respond to. Now, even if you're a uh, projector or manifester or a, re a reflector, you're also going to have these gates being defined by the moon today. And depending on your chart, it may actually define your sacral, right? Depending on what it looks like, it, have, it would have to connect with a, another gate that you have maybe hanging in your chart. So we all have access to really good energy of doing, but that doing is in response to what is showing up in our outer world. So we're not responding from the ideas of, of, the, of the head center or the certainty of the Ajna or even the throat, right? We're responding with the sacral that sees something in the outer world that matches maybe an idea or an inspiration in the mind. And it says, take action. And then we use our authority and our strategies to determine if it's the correct thing for us. So watch for things to start showing up in your outer world. And I just want to check and see really quickly here. Today's the 16th. The moon is in all three, 14, 34, 9 today. And all three of those are on the sacral. And then tomorrow, uh, the moon will be at the gate five also on the sacral. So for the next day and a half, we have a lot of doing energy. Now, these guys are all uh, gates that are response, but also having to be in right timing, right timing in response. So uh, what we usually say is right. Oh, I thought my cat just brought a mouse in. I was going to freak out for a second, but she didn't have a mouse. <laughs> oh, thankfully. Uh, so right timing happens when we have something in the outer world and all the right opportunities are showing up and the right people. So right timing, right, happens in the sacral. And this is responding then to the opportunities that are showing up. So those next, you know, placements that the moon is making are all going to be in those sacral centers. So the first gate is going to be the 14, which is about responding to opportunities for work that brings us income, money right? So responding to opportunities to do a job or opportunities to get a new client, opportunities to, you know, sell something that makes some money, whatever it is, that's a prosperity kind of moon. Then the next moon, the next couple of hours after that will be the 34, which is the gate of doing. It is purely a busy gate. It is action, action in response, right? It works best in response to opportunities, right? In the right timing with the right people. And then we move into the nine today. And the nine is about responding to opportunities that then need our focus, right? So the nine takes us into the focus on the opportunity and what do I need to do next? And then the, the last sacral gate that will get connected is the fifth gate, and that is also on the sacral, looking up toward the identity center. And it is a gate of timing. This is why we say timing is in the sacral, because that is a gate of timing and of opportunities, rhythm and cycles and things all happening in its right and perfect divine 
timing, right? We can't push that timing any faster than what it is naturally going to come to. And that gate also takes us into this idea of rhythm and setting up healthy habits and so forth that will sustain us on the journey of whatever it is that we are doing or whatever it is that we are becoming, right? Doing and being both in the sacral. Then as we get um, later into tomorrow and early into Wednesday, the gate 26 on the will center will be defined. And here's where, remember we said about integrity and morals and ethics and uh, having that honest nature. Well, the next gate will be the gate 26 on the will center, which is the center for resources. And one of our best resources is integrity right? So we have integrity, ethics, and honesty all being triggered on late Tuesday and early Wednesday. And the Ajna uh, that is the gate of ideas, this or the gate 11 on the Ajna, which is the gate of ideas that we can then respond to. And then finally, just before the moon moves into the, the sign of Capricorn, we'll have the gate of self-love. So we have to be able to do things from a sense of having our own cup filled, right? Loving ourselves enough to do and be what it is that we're here to do and be and who it is we're here to be. So that's the gates that the moon will be moving through over the next few days. So let's see here, Pam Zaruba, can I ask what your book is that has the human design gates ephemeris? Yes, you can. This is called Pocket Ephemeris. And this is the one for 2022. It's by Zen Human Design. And the website is not called Zen. It's called uh, humandesignsystem.com. So I'll type that in here for you. www.humandesignsystem.com. And every year I order, um, I'm going to put it up on the screen. Um, so it is... It is my favorite book for telling me, helping me, alerting me to what's going to be happening, what, what are all the planets, and it's really pretty simple to read. It's not, you know, as complicated as the bigger one. I also have, you can buy it on the same site, um, the big one, which is for 2001 to 2025. Wow, she's going to have to put out another new one pretty soon here, huh? And this one has, you know, all of the planets for <laughs> all of those years. So I doubt that you guys need that one. And the little one is really only like $13, $14, something like that. So easy to get. Uh, okay, so an error occurred. Wait a moment, then try again. All right, I don't know what that's about. Um, oh, to try to share my screen. Okay, so there you go, Pam, that answers that question. So uh, Christine has another question. If our sacral center is defined, but those gates you mentioned have only white lines, does that mean they are open? Yes, that means they are open for you, even if your sacral is defined. But now the opportunity is that as the moon transits through your chart, each one of those gates in turn are going to become defined. So that means like if you have uh, the opposite gate hanging, then suddenly a whole channel forms, right? And now you have access to not only a different gate than you normally have access to, but now maybe even the channel. And let's say you had an open identity center 
but you had the hanging gate two, which is opposite of the 14. Now, suddenly that channel defines your identity center. So it's really important to understand how your own human design works. And if you've not yet had a human design reading, it might be time to do that. And oh, by the way, there's also an opportunity to have a refresher human design reading. If you go onto my website, living-astrology.com, you can see that you have an opportunity for a basic reading, a full-on reading, or the refresher reading if you had a human design reading several years ago, or even months ago. Sometimes you just need that refresh, right? That's going to bring it back to you. So that is uh, where you can find that information. And on Genetic Matrix, for those of you out there who have a Genetic Matrix account, you can actually go into a calendar function that charts out for the month every day by every day so it's like a calendar day by day it's not on a it's not on a grid but day by day what planets are uh filling what gates for you now that one's a little more complex and harder uh harder to to read but for some of you who've been doing this with me for a while you're pretty good at this already so you might be able to do that and that's in the genetic matrix app so there's that uh, today, JLo drew a crystal card for herself and said she would share it if it shows up in the outer part of my life. Sheesh, it took no time. Talk about a universal push. So what crystal card is it, JLo? Or do you tell us down here further, further? I don't see it yet. Natasha, good morning. Funny that you're talking about integrity and holding the space of walking forward because that is what my show is on today. And today is integrity. It's going to be a big conversation, right? And so many times we get that word integrity all fouled up, right? Because um, integrity is about being true to yourself, right? Being true to you, not to some idea, some moralistic concept of, you know, what the world thinks that you should be doing or who the world thinks that you should be, but who do you think you should be and what do you think you should be doing? You know what? So it, it, it's about being true to you, right? Going right to the heart of who you are. So integrity is kind of a slippery word sometimes because we want to make it something that it really isn't. And when you're holding to your own truth and your own authority, then you're walking through the world with integrity, right? And then that integrity also kind of sweeps out in front of you and allows others to be in integrity, right? So, and because others will see very quickly when they are out of integrity, when they are around someone who is really out there living that truth, the truth of who they are. JLo's card was number 34, Azurite. It has the Sagittarius sign also connected to the heart chakra. I love that stone. It's so beautiful. And let me see, were there other questions? Um, doo -doo -doo. That was a good question, by the way, Christine. And no, I don't think so. Okay, good. Uh, so let's go on and talk about something else big that's happening this week. And that is tomorrow. Mars and uh, Neptune conjunct in the sign of Pisces. So you might have noticed that our Piscean planetary energy is dwindling, right? Mars is the last planet that's been transiting through uh, Pisces most newly uh, to leave the sign. Neptune will still be in Pisces for another several years, but today, Mars or tomorrow, Mars is going to conjunct Neptune in Pisces at 24 degrees. 
of the sign of Pisces. So in the later part of the sign, and this is about following your dreams, your passions and your purpose. So it, it has the same theme almost that we've been discussing for the last several days. Only now what we have is the action planet Mars, who, by the way, is a little slow when he gets into Pisces. Pisces is water. Mars is fire. And so we have a little bit of a steamy action. And steam, of course, can just go and evaporate unless you put it to work right? You could put steam to work in an engine and move it for move that engine or that engine can move something forward, but that steam can also just evaporate. So what we have now is Mars with the potential for either putting the steam to work or evaporating that sense of passion and purpose and your dreams. So which is it going to be, right? It's a conjunction, which means both of the planet's energies are coming together. They're fusing with one another. So we can have a, this could be a, a transit that initiates a spiritual and or a creative journey for all of us. And it's already, you're probably feeling it already today. It might be feeding into some of the enthusiasm of the day, some of the optimism of the day, not just the moon having moved into Sagittarius, but now Mars, you know, coming ever closer today, Mars is at 2343. And the exact conjunction will take place at 2457. So they are going to be, he's within a degree, right? In in any kind of astrology that we look at, a one degree uh, offset or orb is, a con, is, is the same as it happening in the moment. So the, the exact is tomorrow, but today you might as well be thinking about this as well. This can be romantic and passionate energy, right? You have the more masculine passion of Mars meeting up with the more feminine and more uh, romantic energies of, of Neptune. So we can have that. We also have Saturn and Eris both in a semi-sextile. That's a word we haven't talked about since likely the astrology of 2022 webinar back in December, where the spirit of cooperation comes up very powerfully when planets get into that semi-sextile state. It creates a bit of a tension, uh, a tension within us that that is going to move us to have to cooperate either with another person or with a new energy or in some way having to shift ourselves a bit to be able to accommodate what's happening or to be able to get to where we want to go, right? Maybe it's like coming up to a road closed sign. Uh, or a detour, right? Now it's starting to be construction season here. And everywhere you go, there's like a detour sign that's going to take you around some road work that's happening. So uh, that's what a semi-sextile might be like, right? We don't just barrel through the road closed sign, or we shouldn't. <laughs> <I know. laughs> we don't go around road closed signs, people. We follow the detour and see where it leads because we don't know what jewels lie along the path of the uh, the detour, Right. So that's what the semi-sextiles are. And Saturn is in Aquarius, semi-sextile to Mars and Neptune in Pisces. So we have cooperation between what we're building for the future and the dream for the future. Because the dream is always about, well, what could be, right? It's not necessarily, the dream doesn't exist necessarily in the now, um, but the opportunity to follow the dream the opportunity to live out your passion, the opportunity to live your purpose is in the now, right? So we have cooperation that has to come up uh, 
to what we need between what we need to do now to support the dream for the future, right? Saturn in Aquarius building for the future. And then as well, Eris is in Aries, which is in a semi-sextile to Mars and Neptune, right? So we have this goddess of discord that's kind of stirring the pot in a way in Aries, helping us to, I mean, in the end, right now, we might not look at it as what she's doing is very helpful. It's kind of sometimes feels pretty destructive, um, but she's helping us to like dislocate things that are stopping us from going where we want to go or doing what we want to do. So we have that to contend with as well, but it's about cooperation, right? Cooperating in order to be able to live out the highest of your dreams, passions, and purpose, what might you have to um, wh what might the discord that's occurring around it be showing you about what you might need to let go of about who you might need to, you know, release from your life or what have you. Right. So moving forward and it's a, it's an interesting energy because it's highly spiritual Mars, uh, in a conjunction to Neptune, it really does highlight the, the spiritual, uh, side of things, but also the creative side of things. So it's a really positive energy uh, for us. And it's happening in those later degrees of Pisces. And then Mars by next week is out of Pisces and into Aries. So maybe picking up some seeds of wisdom from Neptune, uh, spiritual wisdom to take with him when he moves into his own sign uh, next week. So taking the, this moment to take it all in, right? Just be open to taking it all in and maybe, maybe it isn't time to take action yet. You'll see that too, right? If no, nothing is showing up in the outer world, then it's not necessarily time to take action. You're waiting to see or waiting for that invitation or waiting for the creative spark that's going to send you, propel you forward. So, and then we have a couple of other things going on this week that we want to take a look at on the 19th, which is Thursday. We have the sun in a trine to Pluto, and we have Mercury retrograde in a sextile to Jupiter. So let's break those down a little bit. So you'll have to remember back in, it would have been January when the sun conjuncted Pluto at the end of Capricorn, and that started the new year's tr uh, transit of the relationship between the sun and Pluto right? Every planet goes through this. Every time the sun touches something, it's like a rebirth or a new birth of that energy taking place. So the sun is, you know, the brightest light in our solar system. And it is the force of our personality, our egos are um, pushing outward into the world, our, our setting ourselves out there into the world, right? So when the sun came into the conjunction with Pluto, what was going on is this rebirthing of the energy of transformation in our lives. So when the sun comes to Pluto, whatever, wherever Pluto is in the chart is what's being rebuilt in your life. If this chart were a person, Pluto sitting in the eighth house, which is a house of death and rebirth, and maybe uh, also money that is shared collectively with someone else in your, in your life, or that we share collectively as a society. So for example, um, taxes or uh, credit, things like that, right? So this is a possibility that this new, you know, start that happened back in January was helping us to release debt, 
or to you know use credit wisely or to transform something in our lives it was a death and rebirth process now fast forward to uh thursday the sun is coming to the first trine with the planet which means an ease and a flow so what did you learn back in january or what did you start as a transformation in january with the sun and pluto's conjunction that now you need to to flow with and i want to talk a little bit about this kind of flow because we love flow right when when things are flowing it's easy right we feel like an ease in in the the relationships and we feel an ease in you know getting things done but this one a trine is an ease don't get me wrong it is but it's a bit lazy it's lazy because perhaps if I just put a little bit more effort in, like everything's working, there's no real push for me to do anything different. Um, but if I put just a little bit more effort in, what is, you know, okay and working fine might become wonderful, marvelous, spectacular, right? If I just put this little bit of effort in. So sometimes the, the trines are, are benefit. I don't want you to think a trine is not, but I want you to think about what if you just put a, a little bit more effort to change your life, what would what would that result be? Would it be, you know, just spectacular where right now you're just OK? And it's, I'm not saying you have to. I'm not saying you have to, but take a look at your you know life and what what kinds of things in January started to come up for you that you might need to transform or that might need to have had that energy of change about it. <clears throat> Now's the time right, for us to, to make that little bit of change. Now, um, Mercury in retrograde right now, moving backwards into a sextile with Jupiter, with Jupiter now in Aries. So they're going to be right at about the one degree mark of Aries in their conjunction. And Mercury is the planet of communication and of thinking the mind and what have you, and he will still be in Gemini when this happens. And so Gemini in relationship to Aries is energy that's very activated. It's very motion oriented. It's very much motion oriented, but Mercury's in retrograde. So the motion is slowed down. The action points are slowed down. So maybe this is all about slowing down in order to get a bigger viewpoint on what it is that you, that comes next, what comes next, right? So keep that in mind. And then on Friday, the sun moves into Gemini, woo, my favorite time of year. And um, then as well on Saturday, Mercury in retrograde conjuncts the sun. So we have another cycle beginning between Mercury and the sun. And what will that mean? Well, that's, you know, bringing us messages. So Saturday, Mercury in retrograde, depositing some kind of messages with, with the sun or the sun giving Mercury some messages that he's going to take with him uh, on the rest of his retrograde cycle. And then after the retrograde, when Mercury moves forward again, he will conjunct the sun again, but that'll be a couple of months down the line here. And uh, that's always, maybe on Friday when we get together, we'll talk about the Mercury retrograde cycle because there are different things that happen during the cycle in terms of like what's possible. Remember how we talk about the moon, how the moon is new and it has one meaning and then it comes to the first square 
and that also has a meaning and then the full moon has a meaning the second square has a meaning and then finally we get back to the new moon all planets do that and mercury and the sun have a specific set of circumstances that are that they are following as they move through this uh, retrograde cycle so we'll talk about that on friday and mars in a sextile to pluto so mars having been in the conjunction to neptune maybe having some kind of spiritual awakening or aha, uh, an idea of what comes next, what's my next path, what's my next step, um, coming into a connection with Pluto, transforming what is in order to accommodate the new action necessary. Because at that point in time, um, Mars is, you know, moving on into new territory, or at least he will be in the next few days after that. So what do I have to transform in order to move forward? Okay. Nice one, right? Uh, okay. So would love to hear about the Mercury Sun story. Indeed, it's a, it's an interesting story. It's, so we can take up the entire show talking about that cycle. J-Lo says, kind of like a lazy river with a trine as a fixed sign. I see myself with comfort, in com being comfortable uh, when things flow and I won't push. Exactly exactly that now no one's saying that you should push either right but sometimes opportunities present themselves for us to to take and make that move right to to go forward but if we're comfortable where we are maybe we don't take that next step right where we could be great maybe we just settle for marginal so it's a place where we sometimes have to look at what are we settling for and um all of that kind of fun stuff now um, Friday also, I got this announcement times, uh, Friday is our third, this is the third week, right? The 20th will be on Friday. So it's our astro design meetup day where you're all invited to follow the zoom link that I've already posted, but I'll repost again for, um, questions to be answered about your personal chart. If you're dying to know about what something means in your own chart, bring it to that call. It's free. And it's from at 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. East Coast time. I'm not sure if that's eight o'clock at night now or uh, seven o'clock in Europe. So or in uh, the universal time. So that'll be on Friday. And at this point, you could bring human design. You could bring astrology. You could bring galactic astrology, soul alignment, whatever kinds of questions that you have. You can bring those questions to that uh, astro design meet up. And now I want to do a couple of card readings. I've brought out the Starseed Oracle today for us to do a reading with. And I've resurrected an older deck that I have that I also always forget that I love so much. And that's the Wisdom of Avalon, uh, which is also a Colette Baron Reed deck. And it's an older deck that she had, but I used to love this deck. I still love this deck. I love all my decks, but this one uh, always held a special place in my heart. So this will be a card reading for us to look ahead at the week. What do we need to be aware of? Uh, what is, you know, the energy that's coming up for us? And, oh, this is good. The signpost is movement, movement, which is a number 36, 9. So interesting movement. Movement is probably going to include some form of letting go or some form of closure so that we can move forward. So let's see what this card says. And 
This marker reminds you that all things change as part of the cycle of life. This may pretend a physical move or it heralds a release from restriction and waiting. Rejoice for changes in the air and new things are about to enter your world. This puts you on notice that it's time to broaden your horizons as you move forward on your path. You may travel to new and foreign places, both physically and inwardly. It is fortunate and timely to do so. Nothing is ever meant to be static in the ways of the living mystery. Movement brings challenges that must not be resisted, for progress can only be made by letting go of what was and welcoming what is and what is yet to come. This marker is always an omen of a change for the better. I like that. Movement, movement, movement. And I do believe today in our Pleiadian uh, astrology, it is five exploring energy. So five is a number of change, right? And movement and exploring energy, which is very Sagittarian, is also about exploring, right? Expanding outwardly. So we have movement that validates that for us as well. So I like that. There's coherence. I love coherence. And the starseed oracle. Let's get a card for that. Ah, Christine also has the Avalon deck, especially the animals and the artwork. Yeah, it's just a a beautiful thing. Can you show us how to do the calendar in Genetic Matrix on Friday? Yes, I can do that because I can share my screen. And that will be something that we can do. Indeed. Okay. Um, now, let's see. Our card for the star system is trust the timing. Trust the timing. Trust the wave you came in on. Time is not running out. That's a good one. Time is not running out. Trust the timing. And funny because I really focused on timing this morning when we were talking about the moon going through the different gates of the sacral uh, in your human design deck or human design deck. Oh my God, human design. <laughs> and trusting in timing, right? That's a big one. So let's see. Trust the timing says. So often those who feel like they're here for a reason sense that time is running out and they spend their life worrying that might, they might miss their moment. But the only way to miss your life or your moment is to spend your time worrying about missing it. It's never too late to answer a calling and you're never too old. The tides of your life are magnificently orchestrated to come in and out in perfect unison. Don't race ahead and ride a wave that was never meant for you. You'll waste your precious time and energy when instead you could be enjoying your life. Everything has a season and you're being called to trust the one you're in. Don't let impatience, comparison, competition, or paranoia disturb the seeds. It seems that everyone has anxiety these days, constantly scanning for something they might have missed or a possible threat. Keeping our mind and body pointed in the same direction as our soul is near impossible at such reactive speeds. Right now, you're being reminded to take a breath and trust the wave you came in on, to trust the season you're in. Time isn't running out. There's plenty of time. There's no rush and it's never too late. Now, in this case today, we have a soul or a starseed soul inquiry. So get your pen and paper and write down this question for contemplation. How can you trust the timing of your life a little more? How can you trust the timing of your life a little more? That's our starseed soul inquiry. 
from the card, trust the timing. Woohoo. Right. Okay. And let's see, I have a couple extra minutes. I think I'm going to draw a, an animal card too, just because I always like to have an animal because I like animals. So our animal uh, card that can get us through the week till we meet again on Friday is <laughs> skunk <laughs> upside down too. skunk. Although that's a pretty skunk, right? Skunk card number 54, which is also a nine. What are we ending, right? Funny thing, because when I think of skunk, it says know your worth, right? And it upside down means in protection. So maybe, you know, there's some people out there that don't know their worth still. We're still grappling with that, that uh, idea. Uh, but skunk also makes me think about reputation and uh, integrity. So bringing that in on uh, the conversation with integrity is kind of funny. So let's read this one. And 54. All right, and reversed. So the card said, know your worth. And the protection message says, not everyone will appreciate you. Many people have issues of their own to address and you may trigger something in them. But if so, no matter. Skunk spirit calls you to be fully yourself without apology. Now is the time for honesty and admitting that something does not sit right for you. You deserve the self-respect that comes when you courageously choose to stand up for yourself and speak your truth in love. Remember who you are and what really matters to you and act with integrity. You will be so glad you did. I can't make these things up. These cards are just magical sometimes, right? They bring us like the validation of everything else that we've just talked about. So we have skunk, we have trust the timing, and we have movement. That should give us some good ideas for what to expect as the week moves on. Uh, all right, that is it for me. I will see you all on Friday where we're going to talk about Mercury and retrograde. I will see you Friday afternoon for the Astro Design Meetup. And in the meantime, take care, have a wonderful week, and much love to all of you. Bye for now.